You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Good morning, church. What an incredible day. I get to show up. Yeah, take your seats. I get to show up and preach the week after the big announcement. Who better to come? So here we are. See what God's got to say to us today. I'm looking forward to it. I think God's put something on my heart for each one of us. How good is COVID? (laughs) Something good's happening. So, Father, help us today. Bless, do something powerful. I can't read that clock up the back, so who cares? <laughs> As uh, Pastor John said, and I'll talk about them this morning, uh, maybe less than two years ago, I came here and shared that shift was happening and there'd be significant changes within two years. And so it's, that's why it's a joy for me to come and say, ha ha, I told you so. <laughs> but listen, take your eyes off COVID and look at 2020 in a bigger picture realm from God's perspective. History will record that 2020 was a significant year of transition for the global church. 2020 is God transitioning the church on planet Earth. A lot of leaders aren't getting that. They want to go back to the old normal. The old normal's gone. There's a whole new season of God on planet Earth. It'll look different, it'll feel different, it'll taste different, it'll sound different, etc. And so you've got to see 2020 as God shaking and awakening you for change. Big change. We've got to have change because we've got to see that promise in our hearts of a global awakening revival in gathering before Jesus comes back. It's got to happen. The Bible predicts it, you know, all through. And I am one that leans heavily into that and and for that to see God do something beyond, just beyond whatever we could think. So the truth is, and you may not be aware of it or or privy to it, but um, across Australia, there are significant numbers of leadership changes across Australia. It's happening. Uh, God's repositioning people for a new season. And uh, that's exactly what's happening here with John and Francine. God's repositioning them for a new season. And he's also repositioning you as a church for a new season. Another thing I notice on planet Earth is, and it's interesting to me, that God is bringing quite a significant number of ministries from overseas, Aussies overseas returning to Australia. That's interesting. It means that God has something special in store for Australia. And he's bringing some of his leaders back to be a part of that for the next season. It's not going to look the same. This church won't look the same. Within five years, you'll have a special occasion. Five years, wonderful. But it'll be incredible. You look back and say, we could never have imagined that God could do this. 
in the city of Ipswich in five years. And then in 10, you'll do the same, still shaking your head in wonder, saying, man, what God has done is significant. So Isaiah 43, new season scripture. Um, You've got to get this. Isaiah 43 verse 18 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. And any of you know this verse? We preach it a lot in church, new season, new opportunity. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it's beginning to spring forth, but will you see it? Will you recognize it? And if you do, you'll, you'll see that I've made a road in the wilderness, in your present circumstance, to get you out of a wilderness into a greater level of blessing. The promised land. I'm going to make a new road for you. And as I do that, I will also make new rivers in the desert, greater provision, etc. So will you recognize it and will you know what to do? I want to talk to you about what you do in a new season. One thing to say God's doing something new, new leader and change. Oh, we've got a bit of, no, no, it's a new season. And if you want to be a part of that, young or old, you have to know what to do in a new season. And so this is very important. Will you know what to do to find that road in the wilderness into a whole new level of blessing and into a new river of um, provision and favour? Uh, as we said before, a couple of years ago nearly, I prophesied there would be a God shift in Centro. And within two years, God would open the door for John and Francine to embark on new adventures together. Before that prophecy, and I don't know why when I come to Ipswich, God just lays it on my heart, prophesy over these people. There's got to be something in the DNA of this church that attracts the, the favor of God. I love that because every time I come, God stirs my heart about the city of Ipswich and the people gathering by the power of the Holy Spirit together. But about four years ago, maybe a little more, uh, I prophesied that there would be a significant move of God in this city and that people would be attracted to it and then it would spread to fields beyond this city. Something was going to happen uh, out of this church that would, that would go to other fields of endeavor. Well, that's now happening with John and Francine. That's a fulfillment there, just of that. But it's bigger than that. God, Ipswich should be called a city of favor, sought out, not forsaken, beautiful for situation. That's what God has put in my heart maybe four or five years ago about this city, and we haven't seen it yet. It's not done yet. Sometimes God allows people to dig deep foundations for the great work that's coming. I, that's what I feel about uh, John and Francine. They have dug deep foundations. They've been true to God's word. They've been faithful. They've been steadfast. They've honored God. They've loved the church. They've built a significant church. And there are strong foundations for something great to come in the next season. Can you say amen? Thank you for those six people that clapped. Oh, I love you. There's another six. We're getting there. How alive is this church? That was over a dozen people. Man, you are good. I sort of feel like, and I feel like John and Francine 
have brought you to the borders of a new season. Man, through all the crap that you've given them, all the, all the heartache and the trials and the nonsense, they've stayed true. They've loved you. They've led well. And you know, but you really don't know, that they are honoured way beyond Ipswich. As a president of the state of Queensland and engaged in our national uh, ministry, they are loved and honoured and respected highly for what God uses them to do in the bigger world. And so that's why I'm so thrilled with their next season as they go forward from here. But they've brought us here today to the borders of a new season. It's not up to them now. It's up to us. Do we want to go in? Do we want to see something powerful? Are we up for it? I know you are. And we all say yes. But then when I share what it takes. Well, here's what it's going to take for you to honour and build on what God's done thus far. Because it is darned true that it's a new season. And I'm declaring the word of the Lord today. It's coming to pass in this house. That's why this is probably the, the, the most exciting day I've ever had in Ipswich right now. As we look beyond all that's been and all that's done and all that, and we look, look to the, the vision of the future. It's powerful. And I know you're in on this. So let, let me share with you. Oh, there it is. It's 9.15. Okay. <laughs> it's enough. All right. Let me share with you the steps to possess a new season. Come with me to the greatest template example of transition into a new season. It's the book of Joshua. End of wilderness wanderings. A whole generation didn't step up under Moses and now it's a new season. And so let me just read the first uh, verse and a half. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is gone. Now therefore you arise. That's right where we're at now. Well, in the next couple of months. We've just got to bury John and Francine first. <laughs> but we, we get it. We're, we're nearly there. So here's, here are the things. doesn't matter whether you, you want to transition in your business, your life, your marriage, your family, your church, your city. These are, in every transition... These, this is the template God gave us to learn from. And so the first thing that will always happen in a transition to a new season, there will be a burial plot. A burial plot. Moses, my servant, is dead. The old season is dead and buried. You've got a few months before John and Francine walk out into the sunset and in those few months, you honour them for their steadfast leadership, faith, and you honour them. But uh, the funny thing is, the moment that last Sunday happens, 
And I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. And I'll never forget my teens, late teens. My dad was farewelled from a church, but I stayed on. I was by then a leader in our youth, and I stayed in that church. And uh, the Sunday after my, my family left, you could say, oh, my, my dad, who's your dad? He's gone, he's dead, he's buried. And it took me a while, I struggled with that because I thought surely they're going to honour the memory of my dad at least for a year or two. No, it takes about one day. <laughs> and this is important. It's not a mark of disrespect. It's actually the way God's wired us to be people of vision. And there's nothing disrespectful about a burial plot for Moses. That's simply God saying, he's dead, thank God. Don't, there's no disrespect, we're so thankful, but now we've got to get on. And so this is important for you as a church. Don't keep saying in the, uh, next year, what would Pastor John do? Just, just don't go there. He's dead. He's gone to better things. You hear what I'm saying? This is very important. Oh, well, Pastor John wouldn't do it that No, no. Thank God for that season. We're in a new one. We're going forward together and we all want that. It's how we're wired to go from strength to strength, glory to glory. And so no disrespect when we start to turn and go forward. We're not disrespecting. We just know the job is not yet done. There's more to do. There's a greater world yet in Jesus. Can you say amen? amen. So there's a burial plot and it's an honourable thing to have that. The next thing in uh, a, a transition to a new season, there's always a Joshua. There's always somebody ready. Now we never think they're ready, but God does. We never think they're ready. I'm amazed that as, a, as I've talked to leaders and churches all over the place uh, as an advisor, they say, oh, I've got this young guy, but I, I just don't think he's ready. And so sadly, someone else grabs him and he goes, he just booms. Sometimes you don't see what's in your own house. But that's a healthy house when you've got that Joshua waiting in the wings. Of course he's wet behind the ears. That's what we want. We don't want old, tired, predictable. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you are, that's what happens to us. Some of you are tired and predictable. You want a new season? You be thankful for a new Joshua. Because he's going to take you on a scary ride. I remember when I took over churches, some of the things you do... You look back and you say, that was absolutely stupid. And you thank God that the people, you, stayed with me and loved me and forgave me, but we had to go into something new. I'd rather have a go and fail than sit there being safe and just talk about things. And so a new Joshua, a new generation of leadership they are ready to rise up, therefore they're ready to be followed. That's a key. You can't go in if people won't follow new leadership together. Then, the next thing that happens 
in transition to a new season, there's a, a, a river called Jordan. There's always a Jordan River separating you from the promises of God, the new season of possession. There's always a Jordan River that you have to deliberately rise up to cross over God's head. Now this applies to every person, young and old, If you want to possess a new season, go to another level in your life, family, church, ministry and city. You have to cross over the River Jordan. You know what Jordan represents? In the Bible, it's God's fingerprint on planet Earth. And it's remarkable. It starts in the mountains in three springs, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And then it flows down through the nation And it meanders around like this all over the place. But from there to there as the crow flies, it's 70 miles. It's a picture of our human life, our journey on earth, three score years and ten. And then it starts in the springs of life and ends up in the Dead Sea. And it represents the fatalism of fallen humanity. Oh, well, we start well, but we all end up dying. Oh, well, this is Ipswich. It'll always be this way. That's fatalism. And it's our human understanding, accepting our flawed lot in life. If you want to go next level, you've got to cut across that. I will no more say of Ipswich. It's the backside of nowhere. It's the place... You drive past to go somewhere else. You hear what I'm saying? It's so easy to accept the fatalism of human frailty. Oh, that's my family. I just produced idiots. My husband's a dropkick. (laughs) It's never going to get better. If you want to see a new season of the favour of God, you better learn to cut across Jordan. Otherwise, you'll be swept away on that. Kesara, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. And that's not good enough. We want to do something for God. Can you say amen? And he wants you to believe and cut across Jordan, the descender. It's called the descender. So you've got to break this downward flow of fatalism. And some of you need to take that word today and deal with it. You're negative. You've accepted this frailty of your humanity and all the stuff about you and yours and you've put limits on it. Well, we get close to the promises of big stuff in God, but we never quite get there. That's because you don't cut across. The funny thing is, you know, it says when they cut across Jordan, God rolled the waters of Jordan back to the city of sin. Isn't that amazing? You can't get a clearer picture of the plan of God for you to cut across this curse of sin on your life, this curse of sin on your city, this curse of sin that restrains everything you want to do. You've got to cut across it if you want to be part of a new season. And I want you in on the action. I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless. It gets worse, this message. (laughs) We all want to be in the promised land and, and, you know, pick grapes as big as apples and 
you know, just have freaky fortune and all that stuff. But no, there's a template that you have to embrace. You've got to rise up, bury, follow a new leader and cross over in faith into the incredible promises of a new day. Now we've crossed over Jordan. God, I'm doing my best. I'm going to believe by faith. Everything's going to change. And you get to the other side and God says, oh, there's one more thing I want you to do. I want you to come with me to Gilgal. It's called the Hill of Foreskins. It's not a place you go for a Sunday picnic. (laughs) But God said, "I, I have to take you there if you're going to if you're going to possess this new season, this new territory. And, and you know what, it, God took them and they got a, sh- a sharp stone and circumcised all the males that, uh, that hadn't been circumcised in the wilderness. And God said, no, I have to remove the reproach of Egypt and your wilderness wanderings from you. And so they all had to be circumcised, stay there and wait till they were healed and set free from this incredible bondage of Egypt and its mentality. And and this one hurts. This one is a challenge for every one of you. God was saying to his people, you can't go into the promised land without the mark on your body of the covenant of blessing." I've got to mark you again. I've got to mark you. And in the New Testament, we're not marked on our physical body where a man produces life, life comes forth, circumcision. In the New Testament, where that's not the mark of the covenant of abundance. God has marked the New Testament church who in Christ have their hearts circumcised But physically, God marks you and I to live in the abundance of heaven. He puts a mark on our lips because this is where life comes forth for a New Testament Christian. Your words are life and death. And so God said, no, no, before you can go in and live in this extravagant world of miracles and phenomena and blessing, I've got to put a mark on you, the mark of my covenant of fullness. That's why Jesus said uh, when he went to heaven and he said, now you're born again, but tarry in Jerusalem. What he was saying was go to Gilgal and wait until you're marked as an evidence of the covenant of blessing and fullness. I'm talking to this church today because half of you aren't even Pentecostal. You claim you are, but you don't even have the mark of speaking in tongues on the place where life comes forth. That's why you don't possess anything great. And God said, no, no, you come to Gilgal, I want to mark you again at the place where life comes forth and it will be a sign of my covenant that you will possess beyond your competence, beyond your intelligence, beyond your physical strength, beyond your ability, you will possess the abundance of my grace. But you have to have the mark. Yeah, we're we're getting there. That was about 15 that time, clapped. This is it. You hear what I'm saying, church? This is pretty important. Everybody wants, we're going to have a new pastor. 
Who gives a rip? The kid knows nothing. (laughs) Except he's not a kid. He's been prepared for this day. But that's not going to take you into the promised land. Uh, Tim said to me just before the meeting, he said, I'm so excited. You know, they have new things. I said, no, no, you don't get it. God first makes you new. He renews you. And then he renews the church. And then he brings new things to the city. And if you want to see God change a city, it starts with you and you and you. And you have to get these template points. I've got to cross over that fatalistic attitude of mine. And then I've got to go and get touched again by the Holy Ghost. So I have a mark on my life of the covenant of blessing. And if you don't have that, what the hell are you going to possess? I want to possess heaven's best. Boy, this is a good message. (laughs) I'm getting challenged. But this is for you. God gave me this this morning. I'm crying out to God early this morning. God, I'm going to Ipswich. I need something. (laughs) So where are we up to a, a Gilgal? How many of you would be prepared to go to Gilgal again? Two... Three. I knew, uh, that's, about where, that's about where a lot of churches stop. They know how to do ritual. They know how to do production. They know how to get, gather together. But if you want to see a new season that changes your city, you've got to go to Gilgal. You've got to have a mark on your lips. That is the covenant mark of the fullness of blessing on your life. And then it changes everything. And then it gets worse, the next one. The next part of the template of a new season. And I'm not preaching at you, I'm speaking this over you. That the Lord bring this to your remembrance day after day. When you start to speak uh, and murmur and complain or you're you're just uh, naturally negative, the Holy Spirit will say, no, no, you need to cut across that. You want the blessing of the Lord and see a booming city? You need to go to Gilgal, get the mark of a covenant on your life. Well, the next one's Jericho. God couldn't take them to Jericho until they had been to Gilgal. That's when it all changed, Holy Ghost. In fact, God, uh, the angel said to Job, put your sword away, mate. You may have won a few battles in the wilderness, but put your sword away. When I take you into the land, the Jerichos are bigger than anything you've imagined. New levels, new devils. And it's bigger than you have experienced thus far because Jericho is the gatekeeper to the promised land. And every person that breaks through in their life, I've seen this over and over when God has taken me on a journey to a new level, a new uh, preoccupation. I've always had to overcome a Jericho. The Bible says that Tim was not recognized as the leader until the, uh, Joshua, sorry, uh, was not recognized as the leader until he had won his Jericho. Then all the people said, 
He's the real deal. This is such a good message because God's going to bring you to a Jericho. You actually want it. I want it. It's going to freak me out. It's going to challenge all of us, but I want it. I got to get to the big grapes and the wonderful overflow of blessing. It's worth the challenge for you and your family, you and your church, you and your city. And Jericho is the place of new spiritual warfare. It's not the old way we've fought. It's God's new strategy for a new season. So don't expect to do things the same. New battles require new strategies. And so God's going to lead us together into doing new things, possessing new ventures, whatever. But they'll be Jerichos we have to overcome. I tell you, this is brilliant. I can feel faith rising in my heart while I preach this because I'm, I'm over 40 now and you are so rude. You don't laugh at that. I'm over 70 now and I'm about to plant a new church. Now there's a better clap. We got over the 20 mark that time. You are brilliant. Why do I do that? Because the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is an increasing kingdom. You go from strength to strength, glory to glory, Jericho to Jericho, battle to battle, triumph to triumph. I don't, the Bible never says stop doing that. So I'm going to have a go, even if it kills me. And so this level of challenge, church, this new Jericho, it'll be different for you than it is for me but it'll still be your Jericho. I, I, I don't know what it will be for you, but listen to me, Jericho's not there to take you out, you're there to take it out. And as you do, you'll break the gatekeeper of your new level of inheritance. And when you do, your joy. Man, that was worth it. You know? I've just come through being rushed to hospital with all kinds of nonsense. And then they say, while I'm in there, oh, by the way, we've just found you've got blood cancer. And so then they whack me on all the nonsense again. And I've, but the, the thing is this, I've come through. The, the sense of victory, the sense of... And so will you, and so will you. You'll come through that Jericho and you'll stand the other side and say, look at me, look at me. I'm still here and I'm still dangerous. That's what I want for you guys. All you old fogies that are here. I can't wait to be like some of you. Hey, listen, I better not get myself into too much hot water because I'm one but I want to be a part of the new season. The Joshua and Caleb's that go in with the whole new generation. I want to be there. And then the last thing, well, a couple more. The next one is a new harvest. I prophesy that over this church. A harvest of young people 
from all walks of life, young and old, everyone in between, I prophesy a harvest. You're going to see it. Now, you know there's some steps beforehand. You don't click your fingers and the harvest comes. You've got to win the right to reap the harvest. And when you get there, you find that the enemy has prepared it all and they're waiting to be reaped. A new harvest, a new level of giving. The first fruits of a new season belong to God. You watch, and I think what Pastor John and Francine and you as a church have done here in Ipswich is quite miraculous, with a lot of wisdom on it as well. And I commend you for that. But you watch the next season as God brings in a whole new harvest, not only of souls, but of finance, of people with resource to build the next level of what God says put on the ground across this city and beyond. A new harvest, it's coming. And then the last one of this template of a new season, the last thing that has to happen, they get to the, they get to the border of the promised land, which is Jordan, and God says, you ready? We've got a few steps. We're going to cross over. We're going to go to Gilgal. We're going to hit Jericho. But... Before you do that, tell the, tell the couple of tribes that want to camp on this side of Jordan, which is okay, that's their lot, but it's this side of Jordan, tell those guys they have to go with the others into the land to break the power of the land. When that's done, they can come and settle back in their allotted place. Every single one of us has to rise up at this time and go in together. You say, you know, as I said, I'm getting old. And you say, I'm not sure I can keep up with these young Turks. Hey, listen, it's not about keeping up. God needs you there because you're the wisdom. These guys can run, but they haven't got a brain to bless themselves with. <laughs> Only an old man can say that. You hear what I'm saying? It takes all of us together in unity to cheer each other on, to break through, and then we settle and plant where God wants us to be. Come on, stand up together. That's my challenge to you as a church. I'm prophesying great harvest, great increase as you break through together. Let me speak to John and Francine for just a moment. This is what, this is what God put on my heart as I waited, meditated on God. He's opened the doors of a new season for you guys. You're now announcing that and it's a wonderful thing. I, it's such a God thing. I got so excited when I heard that. It's such a God thing. And you've been prepared for the, this next decade of your life. It may longer, but the next decade, God's prepared you for it. Everything that's happened here, people say John and Francine have been good for Ipswich. Well, the truth is Ipswich has been good for John and Francine and it's prepared them for this new season. They've prepared you for a new season. God's prepared and you together with God have prepared them for a new season. And here's the deal that I think God put on my heart. Tell you guys the next decade, you're not going there to manage. You're going to totally reconstruct for a new season. Everything I said in this word to the church is for you too as well. The template of a new season. God's got to change you guys. New. 
and you will see 10 times the impact and the influence that now is in our whole ministry. In 10 years, you'll see that, let alone the exponential growth from there. But you'll see that in 10 years and you'll look back and say, man, we are 10 times more than we were when we started. And so God's got something pretty special for you guys. Don't manage the old, but pursue the new season, the new God strategies, the new generation, the new harvest. And this one I think is important. I don't know what it looks like, but God's relocating you in every way. Don't you put anything in concrete. God's relocating you in every way because it's important that He changes your life in every way. That's very important. And this is a new season that you've dreamt about. You've actually dreamt about this kind of influence and whatever. Well, God's going to bring it to pass. And what He's going to do, He's going to surprise you. He'll surprise you with so many miracles on the journey, you'll just know it's God. And they won't be negative surprises or they'll be surprises of wonder. This is beyond what we could have imagined in property and other things. God will surprise you because this is a very important day where He positions you for a whole new season of global influence on planet Earth. Who would have thought a little boy and a woman out of Ipswich could have global influence on planet Earth? You need to take credit and give yourselves a great hand of whatever you do for being a part of preparing this man, this woman for this season in God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank You for Your blessing today. I thank You for all that You've done in our lives. The scars, the hurts, the disappointments, the blessings, the favour, the grace, the wonderful things You've done. I thank You for it in every life that's here, from John and Francine right across the church. May the next season be all the more wonderful, more glorious, more powerful, more fruitful, more abundant, and may it be filled with the surprises of heaven, bursting forth in our lives, bringing the sound of joy and praise in Jesus' Name. And everybody said... I love you, church. Can't wait to come back. Let's give Pastor Steve a round of applause. Thanks. Bless you, my friend. Thanks. Heading down to Collingwood Park to uh, share that message that I believe, steps. Um, as I kind of sensed, uh, that there would be a word in season, just a, uh, a real directional word for us today. Because he, um, we had no idea that this was going to be planned this way. Um, with the whole COVID thing, we didn't know when the announcement was going to be made. We didn't know when we'd get all, uh, all of our ducks in a row and you know, we'd be able to position ourselves to, uh, to make clear what, what, what we were doing, where we were headed. And then um, we were dealing with Pastor Steve's office about coming up with a date. And obviously we had a date earlier on in the year and then COVID and we said, well, forget that date. What, what date do you think will work? And this date was set months ago before we had any idea of the way this was going to unfold and then it unfolded the way that it did and I just thought how crazy it was that uh, he was here in July last year so however many months ago that was when he made that he stood us up there and said you know two years and 
um, when you actually work it out, it's two years almost to the to within two weeks. He said within two years, so <laughs> he was right. <laughs> he was about three weeks up his sleeve uh, <laughs> before we start uh, this uh, our new venture at this stage, which is um, beginning of July next year. Um, and uh, that was he was here in July last year, mid July last year. So that's how uh, significant. That's how accurate he was. And uh, I just sort of sense, wow, there's got to be something for us here today because uh, him being here the week after the announcement was, was made was not organised. That was not, not uh, planned. It just kind of happened. But uh, well, I, I really want us to take that word. I really want us to pray over it. I really want us to apply it, to work it through into our lives. And as he said this morning, as much as anybody, it's, it's, it's into our lives, as much as it's into your life, as much as it's into the life of the church. Thank you for listening to this podcast.